do you want to be remembered when you're gone? And is it important to leave your mark on the world? Welcome to No Two Gays About It, the podcast that gives voice to the over 50 gay male. I'm Tom Burke. And I'm Michael Foley. And today we are going to be talking about leaving our mark on the world, or if that's even an important thing to those of us gay men over 50. But before we get into it, Mr. Foley, how are you doing? Have you done anything memorable this week? Yes, I have. Um, Believe it or not, I never saw the movie Grease in a movie theater. Okay. I've seen it at outdoor movie nights where they were sing-alongs or in, you know, a friend's living room when there were a bunch of people over having a movie night and you really can't focus on the movie. So I saw the, ready for this? 45th anniversary screening of Greece. 45th. Oh my God. I know. Wow. How did that happen? Um, and I loved it. I never got to really focus on the movie. It's a great movie. I mean, and the music always, you know, it, I love the music. It's a fun movie. I never sat and actually watched it, and I appreciate it on a whole different level now. And Eve Arden right? is the queen yeah. of side-eye. She certainly is. Did, oh, do you ever watch any God. of those shows she was on? Like The Mother's-in-Law? Mother-in-Law. Yeah, that was great. With That was awesome. Kate Ballard. Yeah. Uh, but that first, like she was on stuff. I, I, I just saw so, it on like Nick at Night or whatever. Like My Miss um, Brooks, right? Yeah, was that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So that that was that was such a trip, and I went with um Larry from the the gentleman who runs Musical Bingo. So um, yeah, we had a we had a blast. It was a hoot. Fantastic. How Good. about you? What's what's happening in your world? Oh, Michael. Um, <laughs> so I'm having a big party in a few days. Wait, what? I wasn't invited. You were invited. Um, wait, aren't you? going to be part of the wait staff no you were invited yeah Um, wait wait for that yeah but as you all know tom loves a list so i've got lists up the wazoo for this party um you know of course there's a theme and there's a color theme and i've worked with the caterers and the bartenders and it's it's a lot it's a lot to do um but i love it uh so that's great but that's been consuming my days Mm-hmm. That's about it. I'm looking forward to the food. Uh, yeah, the food should actually be very good. Um, same caterer we used for our last big party. Um, little tweaks with the food. Anyway, enough about me. Let's get on to our subject today, which is, is it important to leave a mark on the world? And first, let me tell you why this even came up in my world. Um, friends of ours, Robert and David, celebrated their 19th wedding anniversary And they were one of the seven couples who sued Massachusetts for same-sex marriage, and they won, starting the whole same-sex marriage uh, revolution, and um, which is so amazing, you know, to think about those seven couples having the balls to do that. Yeah. Um, But uh, another friend of mine said, wow, 19 years, and that they did this. This is definitely the way that they're leaving a mark on the world. But we were at a a dinner, and and someone else said, but they both were married to women and have children and now are having grandchildren. So Mm. isn't that what their legacy is? And that just started this whole conversation about 
leaving your mark on the world? What is your legacy? And and the thing is that we did a show, The Gay Bucket List, um, a while back, and the very last thing on the bucket list was to leave your legacy. So that's why I wanted to bring this subject to you and kind of figure out what is it to leave a mark on the world? And is that an important thing? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for all of us to feel like we've made a difference in some way. Yeah. You know? And for a lot of us, it's not going to be being one of those couples who change the face of politics and marriage in the country. Um, but yeah, I think all of us think about that and how we want to leave this place a little better than we found it in some small way. Yeah. Well, I know I did as a kid um, and even as a teenager thought about, oh, I'm going to do these amazing things and I'm going to be in every history book. And, you know, I'm sure that's what every person growing up thinks. Um, but then we have to realize, well, life takes over and we're not, like you said, we're not all those people. So leaving a legacy, number one, is that even an important thing to do? Um, and if it is, what are the legacies that we can leave? Yeah, we're not all going to change politics, right. but... Um, well, we're, we, we're not all not going to cure cancer or come up with, you know, a vaccine that eradicates polio. Um, or be share and leave, you know, this list of amazing songs and... You know what? Don't you tell me who I can or cannot <laughs> be, okay? Because on the inside, I will always be share. I'm sure you will. So be. there. <laughs> so good for you. But it's funny because you said you, when you were younger, you had all of these ideas and things that you wanted to do. And I am the polar opposite. Really? I, I, I didn't think, I didn't see a life beyond what I was living just because of the environment I was raised in. Okay. Um, and just surviving a day was an accomplishment for me. Um, wow. Well, so I, I, I look back now at that young boy who didn't have any aspirations or goals. And I look at the life that I've led and I did a pretty good job. Like, okay. I'm, I'm mostly proud of everything that I've done, I have to say. And in some, in some small way, I, you know, that's, that's a huge accomplishment for me. So then it is. Congrats on that. I agree with that. So our accomplishments, whether big or small, is that your mark on the world? Is that a legacy to leave? Yeah, I think, I think yeah. again, because, you know, there are 8 billion people on the planet now. Um, the, the amount of people who are going to do something massive and, and life-changing for an entire population is rather small. Um, so I think if we keep things into perspective and look at life as incremental and, and accomplishments and just, you know, there are those moments where you meet somebody and you have an experience... And then you run into them years later, and there's this moment of, and I've done it to people, and people have done it to me, where they say, you've changed, you changed my life in this particular way, because you said something to me that I never thought about. Right. And I know I have people that I have said that to, where you don't even know, it's the ripple effect. You don't oh, totally, know yeah. what any given moment that you give to somebody from a very genuine place and from your heart, you don't know the impact that's going to have in somebody's life. I, I was told that same thing uh, back in New York when I was there. Um, someone was saying, like, 
just smiling at someone on the street could completely change their life. And then the ripple or butterfly effect takes over and they pass that on and pass that on. Or if you're kind to the checkout person at the grocery store who's having a bad day, that changes their life. So yeah. I do believe in that small, little small accomplishments can really change someone's life, which is awesome. Or just, or just giving somebody the respect and honor of listening to them is life-changing for a lot of people. You know, just so, the fact that they could go, oh, I was heard, um, which I think is an important thing for all of us. And it's something that we should remember um, that to give that to somebody is a huge gift. And it is a legacy that we leave to them because we cared enough to look at them on a human level and say we cared. Right. Well, then so is giving the side eye to someone a gift sometimes. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> it's like, seriously, those shoes? Yeah. I mean, and then they go home and change them. So there you go. You've changed their life. <laughs> <laughs> or seriously, you're going to have another drink? Why? Hey, that could change lots of lives. You know, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, really quick experience that I had when I first moved out here. Um, somebody who I hadn't seen in probably 20 years that I knew from West Hollywood who was a heavy drinker, um, contacted me on one of the apps and we got together and we had coffee. And he said, I don't know if you remember this, but you said something to me that changed my life. And like, I stopped drinking and I owe you my sobriety. I was like, you don't owe me anything, but, and I don't remember saying that, but I'm glad I was there for you. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Right? So then in talking about leaving your mark on the world, you know, those most gay men, uh, not all, but most gay men don't have children, so they're not passing on this family line. Um, so besides, you know, there, I guess there's money, that could be your legacy, or that could be the mark that you leave the world. Um, although, believe me, I'm going to try to, like, use up every dime I have. Right? Right? I'm like, Cause, why? Because, why, why? you know, I have straight friends who are like, oh, I want to save it for the kids. I'm like, but live your life. Your kids, let them live their life. Have fun right now. Right? You don't have to. I, I, this may sound incredibly selfish, but I'm like you. I, you know what? I, I'm, going, I'm going big. And uh, if my bank accounts are empty, I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, I mean... Those of us gay men over 50 have to really start thinking about the future, and we do have to have, we can't go through all our money because we don't know what's through coming that, up, yeah. and, you know, um, there's all kinds of things that happen in retirement, and, you know, so yeah. we can't go crazy yet, but um, I certainly, who am I going to leave all my money to, you know, right. um, I don't, don't have children, my nieces and nephews don't seem to care that I'm alive, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'll be having a, a humongous party somewhere around my 88th year, maybe. Um, so you're all invited. Um, so, but if we don't have, you know, money or accomplishment, you know, if we haven't created the next Facebook or Apple or whatever, if we're not share, even though some of us feel like we are share. Um, so then is leaving your mark on the world, is it enough? If it's just a small gesture to someone? Um, is it enough? That's a, that's, a, that's, a, yeah. that's a tricky question because who's to say? That has to come from us. Okay. 
There you go. It's, it, you know, it's that ridiculous, I, I shouldn't say ridiculous, but it's, it's that cliche that, you know, who am I? Am I enough? That, you know, was very prevalent in the 80s and I have to find myself. Um, yeah, who's to, who's to say to you, meaning you, Tom, what you should do to leave a legacy? That's, not, that's on you. That's, right. If you feel good with the life you led, and if you take ego out of the equation, again, because that sometimes leads to complications where, oh, I have to do something big and massive, um, and just live a good life and be good to other people, that's a legacy that especially right now in this world, boy, do we need that. Agreed. Agreed. You know, Although nice I do want to jump back there when you said, you know, in the 80s, doing all that work, are you enough? Did you hear often, sometimes, Mike, are you a little too much? No. Just, no? No. Okay. But nice Good. try. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> now, I, now I hear it. <laughs> all right. Not, not in the 80s. <laughs> okay. Now, great. So, all right, let's talk about, which I loved what you just said, that, you know, sometimes living a good life and everything, that's enough. Um, but let's talk about our contemporaries in particular, those of us gay men over 50. Is this, is this something that we think about? Is this something that drives us to change our lives or quick, I've got to do something? Or what do you think? I think a lot of people do think about it. Yeah. Um, and again, there's, I'm trying to be very diplomatic here. Um, you know how there are those folks who attempt to impress you with the things that they have? Yes. This is my house. This is my car. This is what I do. This is what I drive. And those things have never been on my list of things I care about. Right. It's like, I want to know who you are. I want to know how you treat people. Because one, one of the things I usually do on a, a first date is I want to go to a restaurant. And why? Because I want to see how that person treats the people who are working there. Cool. And nothing, be, like that is to me the biggest tell on who a person is. And if somebody's a dick or not nice, then... I don't feel like all the stuff that you have makes you a great person. Right. It's, it's how you treat the people who are around you. Totally. That, that's a, a given, I believe. Yeah. Because um, on, honestly, if somebody worked in McDonald's and had, you know, was able to support themselves and led a happy life, I, what more do you need? I'm there. Mm. Nope, sorry. I, no. No, nope. okay. for for me, for me again, it's not about what they have, what they do. It's it's no. I'm it's not saying that it's about. Somebody. I'm not saying it's about what they have or what they do, but you know, I just want to make sure that whoever it is it can support themselves for the rest of their lives. Yeah, that's what I, you know. That's yeah. what I said. It's it's you know, but you don't want to be you know 80 years old and still punching the clock at mcdonald's you know there are there are again you know eight billion people on the planet there's a lot of people who at 60 and 70 are still no getting oh, up and going me. to work every day um and it doesn't take away from what they've achieved in their life or their accomplishments or the mark that they're going to leave 
No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you're looking for a husband, I want someone who's got a little bit of something else. Hell, I, ap- I appreciate that. Okay. I know, you, I know, I know you have the best intent. You're looking out for me, but I do. I, I, yeah. I applaud everyone who is doing whatever they they need to do in life. I think I've talked about my absolute favorite person in Palm Springs is the checkout lady at Target. Yeah, Catherine. You know, she's 80 still. You know, she has to go to work, but she has the best just outlook on life and disposition and she's just you know this is her life and she's happy with it so more power to everybody i gotta but, say that about most people here that you meet at a checkout stand or anywhere out here they're happy like they're well, they're genuine you you walk up to that register and they're like how are you today and sometimes it's still off-putting to me as an xd's coaster and somebody who was from la where you know people don't even look at you it's like Ugh. oh um, my when i went to the dmv here and I had to get my new license. I had to take a test. And I was like, what? I have to take a test. And the women were like helping me. <laughs> like yeah. They were so kind. And any other city I've lived in, Chicago, New York, and LA, the DMV is not a happy place. But I've actually damn. told friends in Los Angeles, if you got to go to DMV, yeah. uh, drive Come out here. to the desert because that hour and a half you're going to spend on the freeway right. is going to be well worth it. No kidding. And one of my friends took me up on it. <laughs> and he oh, was like, I smart. can't believe, I cannot believe you were, you, you did not make anything up. I'm like, I know. Okay. All right. Back to our leaving a mark on the world. Do you think, um, you know, we as gay men over 50, we went through a lot, especially in the 80s yeah. with the whole AIDS crisis. Yeah. Um, do you think that has had any effect on the way we're living and the way we are perceiving leaving the world? Um, for me, it definitely did. Mm-hmm. And maybe because, especially in the early days of AIDS, we didn't know. There was this huge unknown. So thinking ahead to your 50s wasn't necessarily as automatic as it was for a lot of other people. Right. That our mortality, we faced our mortality at a very young age where other demographics and uh, groups don't. And I don't, I don't, I think this is something that will never happen again, at least I hope, where a community is so ravaged that you really don't see a future. You can't because people around you are dying this, this horrible death. And I know for me, it probably wasn't until maybe the mid 90s to late 90s where I started thinking, oh, there is, there, there's a future to, to, that I probably should start working on in the, as opposed to living in the moment. Right. Um, that, uh, yeah, so I think for our generation of gay men, that it's a that we had a different relationship to our own mortality at a very early age. So you said in the mid nineties that kind of shifted for you. And so do you still carry that with you though? Or? I, that, yeah, that's something that I don't think will ever leave me. That there's yeah. a sense there's a sense of living in the moment that I guess I was gifted with. Um that I don't think will ever leave me. Wow. And I don't necessarily look ahead to 10 years from now. Although I probably am more now than previous. Um, 
yeah, it's just, again, you know, looking back, it, it was a gift. And I also carry all of those friends that I lost. Yeah. And realize that they're living through me as well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was an incredibly fearful and sad time um, that we all made it through. So what was your experience like during that time? Well, you know, it was a, it was a very hard time to be just coming into your own sexuality, for sure. I mean, because of all of that fear. Um, and I think that's also why it was so important when I met Scott, my husband, uh, that was in the 80s, that we, we just became this one together. And so we could create our own little world and um, keep everything else out. If that makes any sense, um, it, it, yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. I have and to say. so the two of us together, um, I was so grateful that he did come into my life um, because I, I remember one night just lying on my bed, I was living underneath the Hollywood sign, uh, and it's just like I can't do this alone. It was too hard because there was so much fear and so yeah. much death and so much we just didn't know, you know. Um, every time you coughed, it was like, oh my God, is this it? Am I going? Right. Um, so and every time you went for your HIV test, there was this, back then you had to wait like five days, three to five days. And those days were suffocating. Right. And we would always go as groups, like just so oh. we could have that support. Well, see, that's, that's why, you know, I think I made it through um, because I had Scott and we supported each other and we created our own little world. So yes, all of this horrible stuff was going out, even through the 90s. You know, there was yeah. still all of this like really negativity and, and bad things happening, but we created our own world together and we planned our future together. Um, I don't think I could have planned a future if I was by myself. Um, yeah, so. it, because trust me when I tell you, it was it was challenging. And then to, you know, because I dated people who were HIV positive back then, it wasn't an issue for me because I knew how to take care of myself. Um, just having that over a relationship and the fear that you knew you were going to lose them eventually, um, I think opened you up in ways I'm not sure I would have been as open as I am today if I hadn't experienced that, because time was finite. And I don't want to say you loved deeper, but you loved differently. Because there was an immediacy in, in that relationship. Right. Um, and again, it was a gift for me. Um, so yeah, you guys, I totally see. So it's so nice to hear another side of that, where you guys became each other's, you insulated each other. Sure. And you, you were able to, you were able to create this world where, you know, it's almost like the big bad wolf didn't get in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, very ironically, I don't know if that's the right word, but then when COVID hit, um, we did the same thing. We were there together, isolated, and we created this little bubble that we had. And the world outside of us was crumbling, but we were able to, you know, keep moving forwards 
keep planning for that future. Um, yeah, so much that we have been through as gay men um, of this certain age has really kind of formulated who we are today and how we're looking to leaving this world, which is really such a sad thing. I mean, to, to think about, oh, am I leaving a mark on the world? That makes you stop and say, but then that leaves I'm that means I'm leaving the world. And that's a really hard thing to actually do, you know? Um, again, maybe, maybe because you were, you were, your experience in the 80s and 90s was different than mine. So now when I look at it and go, I'm leaving the world, honestly, I'm kind of joking, but sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I, I can use the rest. <laughs> I, don't, it, I don't feel sad about leaving the world because I know I have squeezed so much out of it because of my experiences in the 80s and 90s. Um, I, I've, I, there isn't a second of regret or a moment of angst about it. I think I made peace with that a very long time ago. And again, so, another gift that came out of the 80s and 90s. So then, is that the mark that you're leaving on this world? Yeah, because you know what? Maybe it is, because I still, like, when we went to the homo rodeo, <laughs> like a few weeks ago, I was there with a couple of friends, and I asked them, okay, who wants to dress a goat? Because there was a goat dressing thing. And most of them were like, oh, God, no. And then one of my friends who happens to be younger was like, I'm there, let's do it. Because again, I'll do, I'll try anything once. And I never dressed a goat. So it was like, there was no question for me that I wasn't going to do that. So I'm still squeezing, you know, and enjoy it. I love, I love new experiences. I love taking risks. I love, you know, looking like a fool if that's what comes out of it. And, um, okay. yeah. And I got well, the then, hug the goat. I got the hug the goat. So poor, that made me happy. That poor little goat. <laughs> um, what did you? What clothes did you put on a goat? We just put underwear on it. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it was a pair of tidy whities <laughs> Okay. I know. Good yeah, to know. You know those homosexuals. What are you? What are you going to do? Yeah. All right. So then, Michael, I want to take it a little bit farther with you. Um, I'm going to ask you the question that I asked at the very beginning of this podcast. Um, how do you want to be remembered when you're gone? I hope I am remembered as someone who was capable of listening, who wasn't afraid to take a risk, um, and just probably more than anything was a good friend. Awesome. Yeah. And how about you? What, what's, what's on your end? What's, what's, what's it for you? Well, uh, how, how do I want to be remembered? Yeah. Um, definitely as somebody who is kind, who um, empowered other people to, to feel special, to see their own worth. Uh, it's something that I really pride myself in. I mean, I could be a real asshole and totally judgmental, but bottom line is that I do really want people to feel that they are enough. And it's my job to tell, to tell them that <laughs> you are enough you don't have to be anything other than who you are um so that's the way you want to be remembered but what's this what's the mark that you're leaving on the world or what do you want to leave i mean we're not done yet we got plenty of time um, yeah absolutely um 
again, I don't think, for me, there's no massive mark I want to leave on the world, you know. I think, again, communication is a, is a big thing for me. Um, and I think if I've just heard people and feel like I was heard, that's enough for me. I, there's, there's no sweeping... Eh. Even when I first got into acting a bazillion hundred years ago, I never wanted to be a star. I wanted to be a working actor. And I, I, I was, you know, I did it for a while and I, I made money and I was happy. But I also wanted a life outside of that. I remember my agent at William Moore saying to me, oh, things are really hot right now, we can't take a break. I'm like, oh, no, I'm taking a break right now because I'm a little burnt out. And yeah, as you know, Tom, people in the industry can be challenging. Um, and I just needed to unplug for a minute. Um, so I, I just believe living your life and being happy is a huge part of the journey and not putting all these expectations and things I should have done and where I should be now by my age. It shouldn't be a thing. You know, Grandma Moses didn't start painting until she was in her 70s. So don't put that extra weight on your life by saying, I should be here by now or I should have this by now because then, then you're, you're getting stuck in this quagmire. And it's, I feel like it's a trap. That's just me, you know. For me, that's enough. Um, like, where do, you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? What's your big mark that you're, you, you want to leave? Well, you know, I'm not actually sure about that. After I was at this dinner and we were all talking about this, I, I went home and I, I, for the first time, really thought, what, what do I want to leave the world? Have I already done it? Um, so, of course, I was going over th everything I've accomplished, and I think, you know, I've talked about this a million times, but besides all of the work I've done, I also, I started three nonprofits. I was the director of them. I, you know, worked, I think that's some of my most, um, I don't know, the things I'm the most proud of. But also, um, like I said, just making someone feel um, important or, or like you said, having someone feel heard is really important. So I think even just living a really good life and yeah. having touched a few lives is, is enough to be your legacy or the mark that you left on the world. And, um, as you also said, there are 8 billion people out there. We don't all have to do these amazing grand yeah. gestures and flashy things and if we all created apple it just wouldn't work you know so i think just being me whoever that is i'm still a work in progress should be enough hopefully um and to be open to hear other people you know uh, yeah i think it's funny it's the culture we're raised in um where you have to have these exterior accomplishments to be of value. And then I think of all the places that I traveled and was fortunate enough to travel the planet that I have gone to, and it's some of the people, I can't even say some, pretty much all of the people who I met who by our standards would have very little were the happiest people on the planet. Yeah. And maybe that's a lesson we as Americans and people of a certain generation who were told 
you know, you have to have a house by this age. You have to have this career by this age. Um, maybe just to take a step back and realizing that you are having an impact and those things aren't what is making the impact. It's actually who you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell a little story about myself, which is, I don't know, embarrassing or whatever, too much information. I have no idea. But when you said that, it just struck me. I, I was raised in a world where what you had and how much you had was the important thing. Um, so I knew that, but in growing up, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way at all, but I had friends who didn't live the lifestyle that my family was living, and I felt that these poorer families were so much happier than the people that I was growing up with. And I wanted to spend all my time at those homes, you know, the homes where there are like 13 kids in one bedroom and, you know, they didn't have the car and they couldn't afford to eat, but oh my God, they were so happy and so supportive of each other and... That was such a lesson that I learned as a kid. I knew that, um, you know, and then I would go back to my world and be like, oh, you know, Josh so-and-so got a new Porsche and I didn't, and I would be all pissy until my father got me one, you know, and yet I, I learned that same lesson that it doesn't, that's not what matters. It matters how good you are as a person and that you love unconditionally and all that stuff. So hopefully that's, the legacy that I'm passing on, hopefully. Yeah, I do uh, believe them. I do believe most of us see something like you did when you were younger, and can look at it and go, "Oh, that's probably not the right way to look at life." Right. Because you saw something different, and I think all of us have that ability, but a lot of us turn out the turn off the other one because it's a little more challenging. Because you have to open up, you have to be vulnerable. You know, and it's easier to, to build an exterior that's pretty and shiny and happy and not let people in. Um, right. So totally, totally get that. And it's really kind of awesome that as a child, you saw that, you recognized it, you carried it with you. Well, that's also why as a young adult, I started these nonprofits. I saw the work that my my parents were very philanthropic and i saw the work they were doing but they never like touched the people that they were helping they never and i and so when i was like 20 something and i was like yeah well i'm gonna actually get out there and do the work and i'm gonna be part of you know i'm gonna help people and touch them and really see their lives I then realized the importance of people like my mother who was throwing the gala, raising all of the money that they needed. So I saw both sides there. Um, but that lesson I learned as a child, I carried through my adulthood, um, which was awesome. So hopefully that's part of my legacy. I know that was a long-winded talk about me, but <laughs> it's all about me anyway, isn't it? Um, no, it's not. And so... I just have to believe that we gay men over 50, because of what we lived through for so long, and we're still living with that loss, um, has to affect how we see or how we answer that question of how do we want to be remembered. It's not some big splashy thing 
we want to be remembered as we lived and we lived for the people that didn't or, you know, something like that. And And there's one moment that I'm going to share when I was working at the gay men's health crisis. The the first night they were having a movie night and I was volunteering for that. And um, I walked in, there was probably about maybe 18 people who were being provided services for and four of us volunteers. And um, somebody walked up to me who had KS all over um, and just said to me, can I have a hug? And there wasn't even a second's hesitation, and I did. And what I felt in that moment, that's the legacy I want to leave. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, and thank you for your philanthropic work and the work that you did, because I know you, you've done a lot of work with kids. And um, that's yeah, huge. I, I started with... Uh old people and then i moved to the mentally challenged then i was did dying children which was so hard yeah uh you know now i'm on to my next thing i'm looking for my next whatever <laughs> that's going to be um but i would like to encourage all of our listeners out there all you other gay men over 50 to let us know um how you want to be remembered or is that even something that you even thought about a legacy or is just living your life a good life enough uh, so please reach out to us and let us know what your thoughts are on this whole subject. It's a hard subject, at least, you know, for some of us. Um, Michael, how can they reach us? Um, you folks could get us on any of the social media platforms other than Twitter, um, Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, um, at No Two Gays About It. And that's the number two, No Two Gays About It. Um, you could also Gmail us at No Two Gays About It at gmail.com. We are also on YouTube now, so I hope you guys check us out there. And don't forget to like us and subscribe, because that helps build uh, our presence on YouTube. And for folks who want to support us and to help us keep this going, you can pop over to Patreon and become a member. It gives you early access to videos um, and some other fun stuff, hopefully that'll be coming down the line. And that's at patreon.com forward slash no two gays about it. Again, you get early access, you become part of our family in a different way. And, um, we would greatly appreciate your support on any of those platforms and outlets. And I would encourage you to uh, join us on Patreon. Um, and also on YouTube, because not only do you get to hear us, but you will be able to get to see Michael and this new mustache that he's sporting lately. Wasn't going to mention it, but now I am. So uh, get over there to YouTube and I'm, like and I'm subscribe. actually shocked it took you this long. <laughs> I was trying I really am. so hard to be kind uh, uh, and not yeah, be judgmental is, at all. But, I know. You know. Speaking of being kind and judgmental, it's time for my absolute favorite part of our <laughs> podcast, which is... The Savage Side-Eye. And today's side-eye is uh, an interesting one. It's going out to the L.A. Dodgers who uninvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence for Pride Night. Yes, they did. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait a second. I have to take back that side-eye. Because you know. Why? They re-invited after uninviting the Sisters. And I just got to say, what the hell? How do you uninvite and then invite? You know, it's just the most bizarre thing. But um, 
And the reason the Dodgers did this was because of two high-profile Catholics who decided to chime in. And one is little Marco Rubio, and the other one is Bill Donahue, who is a rabid anti-homophobe, I mean, an rabid homophobe, anti-LGBTQ folk. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. He's been around since the dawn of time. Um, and these two, who convinced the Dodgers to rescind their invitation, have yet to actually speak out against the church that they're, they belong to, which is the Catholic Church, for their transgressions. And they continue to choose to attack our community. So, I, I just seriously, Dodgers, these are the people who you chose to listen to? And I have to say, the reason they probably invited after uninviting is because they fucked around and found out what would happen. And the backlash from our community was not even our community. Yeah, our it was allies. more than just our community. It was our yeah. allies, too, who slapped back and was like, how fucking dare you? Because if you know the sisters, they've been around since the 70s. And doing really good work. Right? Amazing work. Yeah. They have raised so much money. And again, it goes back to the AIDS crisis. They were caring for people who people, other people, Catholics, weren't caring for, who they turned their backs on. And to me, they should be elevated. Um, and I, I it, yeah, it just, I can't figure out what the Dodgers were thinking in this particular moment. Well, so. the good thing is that they are coming back. You know, the, the yeah. sisters are back. So it's one of those weird situations, though, where I'm like, should they go now? Because did you hear what the mayor of Anaheim did? No. And what the angels did? No, what? So the, the LA angels, well, they're not, they're Anaheim angels, Anaheim. sorry. Yeah. Um, they, as soon as that happened, invited the sisters to their pride night. Great. And then the mayor of Anaheim the happiest place on earth, because Disneyland is there, right. invited the sisters to sit in her box for Pride Night. Nice. Yeah. So had, I'm curious, because we usually don't go here on the Savage Side. I, would you go after being uninvited? Go. Oh, would. God, yeah. yeah? Okay. Uh, because the world is watching. So I think you need to go and be like, yeah, see, what, what, what was that all about? You know, um, yeah. um, the, vis the visibility, I think, is important. Yes, go, but then also go to Anaheim and be like, yeah, fuck them up there. Yeah. You know, keep the, the eye on this. The Sicilian uh, in me has a hard time, <laughs> like, not wanting to. I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not going to go. Um, but, yeah, no, that's, a think, that's a great point. Great yeah, point. I think they need to go for the visibility because the world is now watching. Yeah. And that's the big finger to Marco and the other guy, right? And to show so, them, what are you all afraid of? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Thank and, you. and then more people learn about them and the, the amazing things that they have been doing over these years. So yeah, I think it's important to go, um, but go with a little side eye, uh, yeah. sisters. Um, not all hunky-dory there. And thank so, you, sisters, right. for the work that you've been doing all these years. Thank you, sisters. And thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. Please get out there and live your best lives. Uh, whichever way you want to leave your mark on the world, do it in a really lovely, savagely side-eyed, gay, homo way. <laughs> <laughs>
I guess. I don't know. I'm there. I'm for Good. the ride. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's go for that ride. Uh, thank you very much, Michael. Until next time. Until next time, thank you, Tom. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye.